Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the administrative pastor here at Church in the Valley. And we're nearing the end of our message series where we're, we're following God's epic storyline in the history of mankind. This introvert video um, that we just watched, it showed a thread of redemption that ties throughout history and, and throughout the Bible. And you can see it. And there's just an amazing unity throughout the Bible showing this redemption story that God had for us. Today we reach the, the pivotal event that God graciously executed to redeem us. The main events we've been looking at in this message series have been creation, the creation of man, um, the fall of man when we chose to go our own way, and then redemption. We have discovered some great themes throughout the Bible from beginning to end that reveal God's love and the plan that he had for his, for his people. Creation shows us that people have an undeniably high value to God. And he's given us a, a great world to live in and to enjoy. God placed us in this beautiful world, and he also gave us some boundaries to live by. God made us to have a meaningful relationship with him. Part of, of what makes a relationship meaningful is the choice to love. You know, arranged marriages in, in the U.S. Aren't, aren't, aren't something we do. It's not something we, we look um, fondly on because we, we want a, a choice. We want a chance to discover the one and, and choose to give ourselves to the person that we marry. God gave us a choice. He gave us a choice to, to, choose, to, to choose him and follow his ways or, or we could choose to rebel and go our own way. But when he gave us that choice, that meant that when, if we choose to obey, it really comes from the heart. The fall of man is the moment when the first man and woman broke the, through the boundaries that God had set up for us and rebelled. This introduced evil into our world, into our world and the pain and suffering that comes with the, the evil. As we deal with conflict in family relationships, problems at work, and, and difficulty in relating to others, God gives us this pain and suffering so that we would turn back to him. It's not just that he, just, he didn't just give it to us, to us to punish us, but it's so that we turn back to him. Also, God immediately responded in love and compassion. By promising to execute a plan of redemption to buy us back and pay for our rebellion and sin that we chose. Early in our history, God began to show how sacrifice is a key to the forgiveness of our sins. We, we took a look in this message series at Abel's offering of the best and firstborn lamb and how that pleased God. We also took a look at, at Abraham and how he had to be willing to sacrifice his own son, and in faith he was willing to do that until God, at the right time, provided a lamb for him to sacrifice instead of his son and spared his son. We saw how Moses led the people out of slavery in Egypt, which shows that God keeps his promises and is working his plan from generation 
to generation. It's also a picture of how God, he wants us to be free from our slavery to sin, which is it's a battle that we all face. All of these themes that that we've taken a look at through this series, it, it all converges at the event that we're looking at today. God's epic story culminates in one final act of sacrifice. Jesus's cousin John, who became known as John the Baptist, he played a key role in preparing the way for Jesus to start his ministry and and to make himself known as the Son of God. It was prophesied in the book of Isaiah that when the Messiah came to the earth and began his ministry, that the voice of one crying in the wilderness would prepare the way for him. Cousin John was that guy. He wore a garment of camel's hair, a leather belt around his waist, and ate a diet of locusts and wild honey. He's a man's man, a man of the wilderness. John began to announce the coming of, of the kingdom of heaven and called for repentance and baptized those who repented. In this way, he gathered a following. And one day, as Jesus was approaching and a crowd gathered around him, John makes a significant statement that picks up on one of our themes that we're looking at. John 1, 29 through 30 says, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John is pointing to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for our sin. He shows us that God has been telling the story of Jesus all along, from way back in the beginning of time. He's been showing us that the sacrifice is coming to forgive us from, from our sins for once and for all. There are many clues surrounding the events of, of the crucifixion that reveal the purpose for Jesus' death on the cross. In John 19, it shows us the timing of his trial was in line with the story of sacrifice that God had been telling us all along. We see this in John 19:14. It says, Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. Now it's easy to read through that and just kind of gloss over it and go on to the next verse in the Bible. But the, the fact that it was the day of preparation of the Passover is very significant. Because you see, the day of preparation was the time when the Passover lamb was killed in preparation for the Passover meal. That was the Jewish custom. God arranged this timing to show that Jesus is the once and for all Passover lamb who died to pay for our sins. You can see God's plan. It's coming together. John 19 continues on to show the sacrifice that Jesus made. It said, they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. The day of Jesus' crucifixion pointed to the reality behind this event in history. The innocent and rightful king of our world was led like a lamb 
to the slaughter. But this sacrifice was different than any of the other sacrifices that had happened before. And we see that in another detail in the story that I'd like to point out to you this morning that shows the effect of Jesus' work on the cross. Mark 15, 37 through 38 says, And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last breath. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This statement here, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from, from top to bottom, it is just packed with significance. The curtain here, what it is referring to, is a specific location in the temple where God's people sacrificed their offerings and priests sought God on their behalf. Take a look at this model that we have of the temple right here. You can see, at the bottom there, you can see there's the holy place and the most holy place. And the line there in the middle, that was the curtain that hid from people's view the, whole, the most holy. The curtain separated the most holy place from man's view. This part of the temple represented God's immediate presence and sinful people were just not allowed behind the curtain. The high priest was the only one allowed to enter this part of the temple once a year on the Day of Atonement. So the curtain being torn symbolized that Jesus' death on the cross removed the barrier between God and man. We now have direct access to God through Jesus. If we accept his death on the cross as payment for our sins, we no longer need a human priest to be the mediator for us. And we see that only Christ could restore that relationship in the way that the tearing of the curtain happened. This curtain, it was 60 feet high, 30 feet wide, and four inches thick. It wasn't just any curtain. It wasn't the curtain behind us here. It was a six-story tall curtain, four inches thick, 30 feet wide, torn from top to bottom. God was sending the message that Jesus' death on the cross was the means for restoring our relationship with himself. And it is only through Christ that our relationship can be restored. No man could have torn that curtain. If we choose to accept his death on the cross as payment for our sins, it can make all the difference for us in this life and on into eternity. Because Jesus' sacrifice redeems us. Redemption is the act of of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. And then the secondary definition is the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. Jesus redeemed us. And Hebrews 10, 10 through 14 talks about this. It says, and by that will, and the will that's being talked about here is God's will. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, now this priest is talking about Jesus, but when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. 
Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool, because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Through Jesus' death on the cross, the one who made us brought us back. He made a way for us to have a, a relationship, a friendship with him once again. He saved us from the sin that had once caused this separation from us and God. Jesus' sacrifice means that we no longer have to just do religion to, to be able to have a right relationship with God. We're no longer obligated to do the day-after-day activities so that we can have a right relationship with God. Jesus redeemed us, and that gives us the ability to relate directly to, with God through walking with him on a daily basis, whether you're at work or at home or, or wherever you are, if you have accepted Jesus' gift of uh, Jesus' sacrifice and his gift of eternal life through him dying on the cross on our sins, we can just talk to God directly. We can relate with him. We can talk to him through prayer we, by either praising him, thanking him, or asking for help with something. We can also hear from, from God through, through the Bible. And, and through other people who know the Bible, God can speak to us through them. We no longer have to go through a priest to relate to God. We can have a direct relationship with our Creator. That's an amazing thing. God redeemed us into a friendship with the one who created us if we choose to accept Jesus' sacrifice as payment for our sins. And when we accept his sacrifice, the living God will walk through us in our daily lives. And he'll walk with us. And as we walk through life with God, something happens. The more and more we find out about his ways and how God does things, Jesus' sacrifice, it completely shifts our outlook on life. Changes in our outlook on life, they, they happen all the time. A lot of times it happens when we go through some sort of a status change. Maybe, you know, when you graduate from high school, you, you, your outlook on life is, is different than when you graduate on, from college or get, get a new job. Your, your, your perspective on things change. Or maybe hitting a milestone birthday, your perspective on life, it, it shifts and it changes. I remember my outlook on life, it, it, it changed a lot when we had my son Blake. Our, our first child. All of a sudden, I had this other person to take care of, and he, he wouldn't leave. He just was there all the time. And I just thought about things that I had never even thought about before. My perspective on life had changed, and even something as simple as driving changed for me. Because now I had this little guy in the back that i, I got to be careful here not to get in an accident and hurt him. It shifted everything. There are lots of ways that our outlook on life can shift and change. But Jesus' sacrifice is able, to is able to change our entire outlook on life. Every part of our life can shift with, because of Jesus' sacrifice. Take a look at Hebrews 10, 19 through 23. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. There it is, referring again to the most holy place. 
we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Verse 22 gives a key perspective that we're able to change when we choose to follow Christ. It says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty, a guilty conscience. Jesus' sacrifice deals with the guilt we feel in our life from our past, our past sins. We don't have to run and be ashamed any longer. Through Christ, we can draw near to God, knowing that Jesus paid the price once and for all for our sins. No matter what we've done in the the past, we can relate to God guilt-free. He has forgiven and will cleanse us from sin. And because he has done that, we don't have to crawl out of a hole each day. We don't start each day holding on to the baggage of yesterday in our past. Have you ever woken up in the morning with just a cloud of guilt over your head for, for something that happened the previous day or, or a while ago? This week I woke up on Wednesday morning. I just had this vague sense of, of guilt um, hanging over my head right from when I, I woke up. And I, I, what it was from was I was harsh with my son the night before and I was just feeling it that next morning. Now, I had already cleared up the relationship with my son. I asked his forgiveness for being harsh with him. But I just, I just couldn't shake this sense of guilt for what I had done. And it was really, it, it, was, it was bugging me. It was clouding my view for the day. But then I realized, as I was working on this message in this section, I don't have to let that guilt bug me. I might have to deal with some consequences from the sin and from being harsh with him and our relationship being strained for a little while, but I don't have to let that guilt drive me for, for that day. Because we all, if we have chosen to make Jesus the boss of our life, if we've chosen to accept his sacrifice, we start the day out on a clean slate. We start the day out as redeemed. Not because of anything that we've done, but because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. And it is from that starting point that we can go about our day and have a productive day. Think about that for just a minute. There's so much in our life that's shaky, uncertain, and our perspective and and our outlook on life, it it can be constantly changing based on our, our, our life stage or our circumstances. But Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and that relationship with God that comes from that does not change. That is certain. And verse 23 talks about that and when it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. In a world of uncertainty, 
we can hold on to this new outlook on life from Jesus' sacrifice. I can draw near to God, guilt-free, and with hope do, and with hope because of his faithfulness to me. That is powerful stuff. Before someone recognizes Jesus' sacrifice, there's a tremendous amount of pressure that we put on ourselves to do the right thing, to make our relationship with God and others right and, and make it work. But choosing to put our trust in Christ and follow him releases us from that pressure and allows us to have a close relationship with our perfect God. And the result of this new outlook, it's not just a change in perspective, but it changes our habits. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 talks about this. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another in all the more as you see the day approaching. Our habits change when we accept the payment for our sins in Jesus' sacrifice. We become a part of a family, the church, and that impacts what we spend our time and resources on. We have a responsibility to encourage each other to do right. But that responsibility, it doesn't, it doesn't come because we feel guilty. We don't do it because we feel guilty. Rather, we fulfill our responsibility to encourage each other towards love and good deeds out of a gratitude for what Christ did on the cross for us. So as we gain perspective on how to do life from the Bible, we can share it with others to encourage them to do the same. And as, as needs arise in the church, we can love people by helping to meet others' needs as appropriate. And there is a joy that comes from living this way, from living in a way that blesses other people and not just ourselves. Encouraging each other towards love and good, good deeds, now that can only happen if we're regularly meeting together, which is what the verse talks about um, as well. So we need to do that as well. But we don't have to do it out of guilt. We can freely encourage and love people because we're redeemed by the one who did what we could not and lived a perfect life, sacrificed himself for us. We all love a good redemption story. Some of the, the best stories in, in movies and in books, some of my favorites, are where the main character gets a second chance to live a life of meaning and purpose. Groundhog Day is, is an older movie, but it's, it's a movie where a guy, he, just, he keeps waking up, he's living the same day over and over again, and he gets a, a second chance to, to do um, what was right. In this movie, it was to get the girl, but he gets a second chance over and over again to do what's right. And there's a part of us that, that earning our redemption like that, like we see in the movies, that makes sense to us. But in real life, there are no do-overs. There isn't anything that we can do to just erase the past. But Jesus' sacrifice cleanses us from the guilt that comes from the past. It doesn't erase what has gone on or what has happened, but... Through his sacrifice, we can stand before God guilt-free. Jesus' sacrifice 
is the redemption story of all time. Because we don't, because he didn't need redeeming. He didn't need any do-overs for his life. He lived a perfect life. But God's plan was for his son to take our place and sacrifice himself so that you and I could be redeemed. He didn't redeem himself like in the movies because he didn't need to be redeemed. He redeemed you and me because we couldn't do it on our own. We couldn't redeem ourselves, but we have a part to play in the epic story of redemption. And that part is that we have to accept Jesus' sacrifice on the cross as payment for our sins and make him the Lord or boss of our lives. This is the only this and only this frees you from guilt for the past wrong you have done to live life guilt free with a new outlook and habits. And it frees us up not to serve our sinful nature, but to serve the one who redeemed us. Please pull out your connection card out of your program that Matt was talking about earlier. And I'd like to ask our worship team to come up and the ushers are going to prepare to receive the offering. Please take this time to finish filling out any information that you didn't get to fill out earlier. um, Or there might be some next steps that you have from the the message today. And when the offering ushers come around, you can drop the, the connection card in those baskets. Here's some next steps that you might want to take in response to the message today. The first one is, for the first time, I commit my life to Christ and follow him as Lord. If you haven't made that step, if you haven't taken that step to follow Christ and commit to him as the Lord of your life, maybe God spoke to you today through the message and you want to do that today for the first time. Another next step that you might want to take is encourage someone who needs it this week. Jesus redeemed us. We can encourage each other and love each other. Maybe God spoke to you and you want to work on that this week. Or you might just want to thank God every day this week for sending Jesus to redeem us. Just might be something you want to spend some time on each day. Just thanking God for sending his son, redeeming us, so that we can have eternal life with Christ and live for something greater than ourselves. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for this morning. And just thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. And I just pray um, that you um, would just help us to live our lives in line with that. Help us to to just choose to um, live our life that's redeemed. And just show us that we don't have to have guilt from the past anymore, but we can trust you and, and move forward with you each day. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we receive our, our tithes and offerings, there's um, one thing that I'd just like to, to bring up. Next week, um, we're going to be wrapping up our message series, and we're going to be talking about eternity. So Pastor Andy's going to be back here next week, and he's going to just take a look at what can we expect in the next life, and what can we know about heaven. So that, that is going to be just a, a good summary of all that we've talked about. And you can take, you, I would like to invite you back next week as we take a look at that. And I just hope you can join us as we wrap up the series next week. Thank you.